Chapter Forty of the Little Minister. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Sylvia M. B. in Washington State. The Little Minister by J. M. Barry. Chapter Forty. Babby and Margaret. Defense of the Manse continued. The Egyptian was mournful in Windy Ghoul, up which she had once danced and sung but you must not think that she still feared Dow. I felt Mackenzie's clutch on my arm for hours after he left me, but she was far braver than I. Indeed, dangers at which I should have shut my eyes only made hers gleam, and I suppose it was sheer love of them that first made her play the coquette with Gavin. If she cried now, it was not for herself. It was because she thought she had destroyed him. Could I have gone to her then and said that Gavin wanted to blot out the gypsy wedding, that throbbing little breast would have frozen at once, and the drooping head would have been proud again, and she would have gone away forever without another tear. What do I say? I am doing a wrong to the love these two bore each other. Babby would not have taken so base a message from my lips. He would have had to say the words to her himself before she believed them his. What would he want her to do now, was the only question she asked herself. To follow him was useless, for in that rain and darkness two people might have searched for each other all night in a single field. That he would go to the spittle, thinking her in Rintoul's dog-cart, she did not doubt, and his distress was painful to her to think of. But not knowing that the burns were in flood, she underestimated his danger. Remembering that the mud-house was near, she groped her way to it, meaning to pass the night there, but at the gate she turned away hastily, hearing from the door the voice of a man she did not know to be Nanny's brother. She wandered recklessly a short distance until the rain began to threaten again, and then, falling on her knees in the broom, she prayed to God for guidance. When she rose, she set off for the manse. The rain that followed the flash of lightning had brought Margaret to the kitchen. Jean, did you ever hear such a rain? It is trying to break into the manse. I cannot hear you, ma'am. It is the rain you're feared at. What else could it be? Jean did not answer. I hope the minister won't leave the church, Jean, till this is over. "'Nobody would dar, ma'am. The rain'll turn the key on them all.' Jean forced out these words with difficulty, for she knew that the church had been empty and the door locked for over an hour. "'This rain has come as if in answer to a minister's prayer, Jean. "'It was no rain like this they wanted. "'Jean, you would not attempt to guide the Lord's hand. "'The minister will have to reprove the people for thinking too much of him again, "'for they will say that he induced God to send the rain.' "'Tonight's meeting will be remembered long in Thrums.' Jean shuddered, and said, "'It's mere like an ordinary rain now, ma'am, "'but it has put out your fire, and I want another heater. "'Perhaps the one I have is hot enough, though.' Margaret returned to the parlour, and from the kitchen Jean could hear the heater tilted backward and forward in the box-iron, a pleasant, homely sound, when there is happiness in the house. Soon she heard a step outside, however, and it was followed by a rough shaking of the barred door. "'Is it you, Mr. Dishart?' Jean asked nervously. "'It's me, Thomas Wallond,' the presentor answered. "'Unbar the door.' "'What do you want? Speak low.' "'I winna speak low. Let me in. I hae news for the minister's mother.' "'What news?' demanded Jean. "'Jean Proctor, as chief elder of the Kirk, I order you to let me do my duty.' "'Where's the minister?' "'He's a minister no longer. He's married a gypsy woman and run awa with her.' you lie thomas Womond. i believe your beliefs of no consequence open the door and let me in to tell your mistress what i ha seen she'll hear it first fry his eyne lips if she hears it ava 
I went open the door. Then I'll burst it open. Woman flung himself at the door, and Jean, her fingers rigid with fear, stood waiting for its fall. But the rain came to her rescue by lashing the presenter until even he was forced to run from it. I'll be back again, he cried. Woe to you, Jean Proctor, that I denied your God this night. Who was that speaking to you, Jean? asked Margaret, re-entering the kitchen. Until the rain abated, Jean did not attempt to answer. I thought it was the presenter's voice, Margaret said. Jean was a poor hand at lying, and she stuttered in her answer. There's nothing wrong, is there? cried Margaret, in sudden fright. My son? No, nothing, nothing. The words jumped from Jean to save Margaret from falling. Now she could not take them back. I winna believe of him, said Jean to herself. Let them say what they will. I'll be true to him, and when he comes back he'll find her as he left her. It was Lang Thomas, she answered her mistress, but he just came to say that. Quick, Jean, what? Mr. Dishart had been called to a sick bed in the country, ma'am, to, to the farm I'll look about you, and as it's such a rain, he's to bide there and eat. And Wallen came through the rain to tell me this? How good of him. Was there any other message? Just that the minister hoped you would go straight to your bed, ma'am, said Jean, thinking to herself. There can be no great sin in giving her one mere happy knee. It may be her last. The two women talked for a short time, and then read verse about in the parlor from the third chapter of Mark. This is the first night we have been left alone in the manse, Margaret said, as she was retiring to her bedroom. And we must not grudge the minister to those who have sore need of him. I notice that you have barred the doors. Aye, they're barred. Nobody can win in the night. Nobody will want in, Jean, Margaret said, smiling. I didn't ken about that, answered Jean, below her breath. Hi, ma'am, may you sleep for baith of us this night, for I don't again to my bed. Jean was both right and wrong, for two persons wanted in within the next half hour, and she opened the door to both of them. The first to come was Babby. So long as women sit up of nights listening for a footstep, will they flatten their faces at the window, the wall without be black. Jean had not been back in the kitchen for two minutes before she raised the blind. Her eyes were close to the glass when she saw another face almost meet hers, as you may touch your reflection in a mirror. But this face was not her own. It was white and sad. Jean suppressed a cry and let the blind fall as if shutting the lid on some uncanny thing. Won't you let me in? said a voice that might have been only the sob of a rain-beaten wind. I am nearly drowned. Jean stood like death, but her suppliant would not pass on. You are not afraid, the voice continued. Raise the blind again, and you will see that no one need fear me. At this request, Jean's hands sought each other's company behind her back. Who are you? she asked, without stirring. Are you the woman? Yes. Horse, the minister. The rain again became wild, but this time it only tore by the manse as if to a conflict beyond. Are you I there? I durna let you in till I'm sure the mistress is bedded. Gang round to the front and see if there's only leak burning in a high wish window. There was a light, the voice said presently, but it was turned out as I looked. Then I'll let you in, and God kins I mean no rang by it. Babby entered shivering, and Jean rebarred the door. Then she looked long at the woman whom her master loved. Babby was on her knees at the hearth, holding out her hands to the dead fire. What a pity it's a false face. Do I look so false? Is it true? You're no married to him? Yes, it's true. And yet you look as if you was fond of him. If you cared for him, how could you do it? That was why I did it. And him could I had what he liked. I gave up Lord Rintoul for him. What? Na, na, you're the Egyptian. You judge me by my dress. 
and soaking it is how you're shivering what neat fingers what bonny little feet i could near believe what you tell me off with these rags and i'll gie you on my black frock if if you promise me no to gang away wid it so babbie put on some clothes of jeans including the black frock and stockings and shoes mr dishart cannot be back jean she said before morning and i don't want his mother to see me till he comes i would not let you near her the nicht though you guide on your knees to me but whar is he babbie explained why gavin had set off for the spittal but jean shook her head incredulously saying i cannot believe that you are the grand leddy and yet ilka time i look at you i could ne'er believe it in another minute jean had something else to think of for there came a loud rap upon the front door it's thomas Wamond back again she moaned and if the mistress hears she'll tell me to let him in you shall open to me cried a hoarse voice that's no thomas's word jean said in bewilderment it is lord rintoul babbie whispered what then it's truth you telled me the knocking continued a door upstairs opened and margaret spoke over the banisters have you gone to bed jean some one is knocking at the door and a minute ago i thought i heard a carriage stop close by perhaps the farmer has driven mr dishart home i'm putting on my things ma'am jean answered then whispered to babbie what's to be done he won't go away babbie answered you'll have to let him into the parlour jean can she see the door from up there no but though he was in the parlour i shall go to him there make haste jean margaret called if it is any persons wanting shelter we must give it to them on such a night a minute ma'am jean answered to babbie she whispered what shall i say to her i uh, i don't know answered babbie ruefully think of something jean but open the door now uh, stop let me into the parlour first the two women stole into the parlour tell me what will be the result of his coming here entreated jean the result babbie said firmly will be that he shall go away and leave me here margaret had heard jean open the front door and speak to some person or persons whom she showed into the parlour End of chapter 40